0: Welcome to the Pages of Light podcast, your destination for discussions of popular fantasy and science fiction novels from a Christian worldview. My name is Tyler, aka Verum, and with me, as always, is Gabriel, aka the Quarantine Quartermaster. How's it going, Gabe? Happy New Year!
1: Welcome to 2023, everybody. Um, yes, yeah,
0: 2023.
1: It's good. Yep, uh, we are excited to be hosting a... Uh, a our first podcast of the year and we have something new uh in store we are reading our first manga and um and uh tyler chose this one the vinland saga and it's been a pretty good intro uh tyler was telling me before the podcast he enjoyed it as an intro point for the podcast so we're excited new year and uh new new episode style today that's right yeah
0: um, yeah I do think Vinland saga I like the this uh, first we're doing chapters one through five uh, so if you have the hardback copy this is book one but we're doing half of book one which is chapters one through five uh, which I think uh, when it w- when it was originally originally released that was volume one was chapters one through five so I think each of these hardcover books has, Two volumes in it. Okay, that makes sense. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's like whenever they collect comic books, like you have the, you have an issue, and then you have the trade paperback, which typically will collect like six issues ish, and then you'll have, uh, like the hardback release, which will, uh, cover, you know, maybe two. Um to trade paperback so 12 issues or sometimes more It depends on that depends on the comic of course um sure yeah so there's a bunch of different ways you can break up all those things but yeah vinland saga has been been pretty good um but we will get into that discussion in just a moment uh before that uh make sure you go and follow pages of light on social media you can check us out on all of those different platforms and you can also go to our our website of course pagesoflight.com to see Uh, all the new stuff happening and all the previous podcasts and uh, stuff that we've done. Um, Yeah, so as I mentioned, we're doing chapters one through five uh, of Finland Saga. And as always, we are going to be starting off with our favorite quote. So I guess I'll kick it off. Um, So my favorite quote was on page 121. And it's from the character Askelod. If we're butchering these pronunciations, please forgive us. Or uh, leave a comment or something. Uh, Show us yeah. some grace in that comment, too. That's right. Um, because it's it's a Japanese manga, but they're using Norse Viking names. And then it's then translated to English. So, you know. And we're Americans. That's right. We're so Americans. It's, it's, <laughs> so It's all the things. Yeah, I don't have any uh, knowledge of Norse names and how to pronounce and them correctly. And this is
1: the one of the first books that I have read, like actually read for the podcast versus That's right. listening to on my Audible account. So I don't have the professional narrator telling me how to pronounce all the names. Yes. Yes. Which I still mess
0: up. So there's that. That's all right. <laughs> All good. Um, So anyways, my quote was from uh, Askeladd, who's kind of the leader of this uh, Viking crew that we meet at the beginning of the story. And so he is talking to... um, I don't remember which character he's talking to. um, But he says, on page 121, every living human being is a slave to something. He just doesn't see it for himself. And yeah, I just thought that was a really good... Quote and that's definitely true, especially from a Christian perspective, because as humans we are all slaves to sin, and that is why we need a savior uh, to uh, live the perfect life and take the penalty for the sin that we commit. And yeah, I just thought that had some had some definite truth to it. Um, and he's he's like talking about it more from like a practical standpoint, like. I think he's talking specifically to to, about Thorfinn and uh, also his friend uh, Lord Gorm, I think is his name, the guy who leads the town. And so Mm -hmm. Lord Gorm is the slave to like his money and his wealth. But then he has a previous conversation with another character talking about how uh, Thorfinn would rather die than to uh, like stab him in the back or kill him in like uh, a dishonorable way because uh, his like Thorfinn is a slave to his pride and his revenge, and so each character has something that they have a have a crutch, um, a crutch that they uh, that they rely on, and so I have a a Bible passage as well for this. So I have Romans six fifteen through eighteen, and I'll just read this quickly. It says, "What then are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means." Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, who were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and, having been set free from sin, have become slaves to righteousness. And I thought that was actually an interesting passage because um, it's talking about being slave to sin under the law, but now in Christ, we're actually, we're like still slaves in a sense, but we're slaves to righteousness and not to the law. Um, so I just thought that was still an interesting tidbit. Like every human being is a slave to something. And even for Christians, you were, you were a slave to sin. And then through Christ, now you become a slave to righteousness. So it's like interesting language that Paul uses there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Any thoughts on that quote?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you picked a good one. This definitely was like... One that kind of jumped out um, to me. I did not pick this quote, but uh, yeah, I really right. like your Bible passage here um, and becoming a slave to righteousness. Um, no, I just think that it's very relevant. Like uh, we are all lost in our sin and uh, we are asked to cast down our chains. And uh, Jesus is like the chain breaker. Um, mm-hmm. If we follow him, he can break our habits to sin and I know I've struggled with things that I've've created idols for myself where I spend more time thinking about that than I do of God uh, yeah. I also like to just kind of uh, reflect on here's a good like litmus test for our lit uh, for our listeners like when you like first get some like free time or your time to yourself like what what do you go to like what is your what, what is, is your down? thing and then like also like, if you spend over two hours on something, it might be like like an idol for you, um, mm-hmm. like you know, just like consistently, like daily, like yeah, that's something that um right. might be driving your behavior um, so just just a thought, uh, but yeah i I appreciate this quote that you picked out, uh, yeah, because we are all slaves, and I definitely have thought about myself being a slave to sin, and uh, God is helping me break that so. Nicely chosen. (laughs) Very good. All right, Gabe, you have a quote for us. Uh, What do you got for us? Okay, so um, this is Thorfinn and Leif uh, talking. And Young Thorfinn says, Okay, let me ride on your ship, then I'll believe in Vinland, if I see it for myself. And Leif says, Fool, that's not what believing means. And so, um, somewhere in the Bible, it does say something along the lines of, blessed are those like who believe without seeing, um, and, and that, and this is like a struggle for so many Christians. Like if God, if God would just show me his presence, then I could believe. And you know, what's right. funny is that like that is the cry in the like old Testament, like Lord, like show it. And then like the, like God shows up in the old Testament, you know, like in the right. tabernacle and like all these things. And then they see God And like, and then like the Jews get the mana rain down upon them. We don't, I don't understand what mana is. I don't know if anyone (laughs) really does. Um, but, and and then God's present is so like there and then they're still having idols and everything. Um, so even asking to see God's presence, people see it and then they still have trouble believing. So let's just try and, let's, let's try and get our minds right and, um, just, know that God is there for us and that he is working for the good of all people behind the scenes. Um, Yeah.
0: And I think also we have like shortened memories, right? Like you may, you may see something that was like, Oh man, that was God. And I like definitely recognize that. But then like, you know, a day, a week, a month or what, you know, whatever length of time passes. And then you just forget all about that. And then you go back to, you know, the way you were thinking before, and, oh, absolutely! Yeah,
1: guilty is charged.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good quote, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, belief as well, because uh, this conversation that Gabe chose in his quote was uh, an inspiration for. Well, in this podcast, we're gonna do some. We're gonna go through like the the plot a little bit, and then we're also and then we're gonna come back at the end and talk about some of the major themes. Um, and as a as a tease to keep you to the to that section of the podcast. Uh, I guess if te- technically you can just, just skip ahead because I put the timestamps in, <laughs> but don't do that. <laughs> uh, listen all the way through if you want. Uh, but we're going to be talking about revenge. Uh, that's particularly present in Thorfinn's character. And then we'll also talk about sacrifice, uh, which is present in Thorfinn's father, Thor's. And then we'll also talk about belief, which is basically this conversation with uh, young Thorfinn and uh, Leif Erikson here. So yeah, those that's what is coming up in uh, uh, this podcast here. So yes, good quote. Uh definitely like that section of the book. Okay. So now let's jump into some of the just general book discussion. We're just going to ta- kind of talk about the plot a little bit and uh, some of the things that we liked uh, about that and uh, some highlights for us. So, Gabe's going to kick us off with chapter one.
1: Sure. Yeah. So chapter one, Normanny. uh, we, we open the book with a raging battle. Um, there's an invading Frank army and we get, uh, you know, some like it it is a city being defended. There's high walls, there's a drawbridge, there's arrows flying, there's men dying everywhere. Uh, just general pandelirium as I like to say sometimes, um, And we see Askeladd, who is one of our main uh, Norse uh, characters here. He's kind of overseeing the battle, and he's looking. He sees opportunity. um, And he decides to send Thorfinn, who is now an adult, but we're going to see young Thorfinn in in future chapters here coming up, um, to send him uh, as a messenger to the leader of the Frankish army. But Thorfinn demands that he will duel Askeladd and we're all like, so he's taking, uh, you know, orders from Askeladd, but he's also then demanding to duel him and you're kind of confused at this point in the book. Um, so, uh, Askeladd agrees and Thorfinn goes and meets General Jabatha, which we are going to kindheartedly refer to as of the Hutt because the <laughs> animations in this book kind of remind me of just kind of like Jabba's kind of like slovenly like yeah largeness and uh the animation for uh little general Jabba he's like this squat little man his face is like super wide very comic booky and then like he's very much a slave to like his um Emotions. He's got like luxury. He's got like women massaging him. You know, and he has his, and all his food. He's got all his food. Gluttony is definitely present, and he's you know he's a little little round man, little rotund little round man. Um, and uh, so he definitely lives in the lap of luxury while all these men are dying around him and fighting for the thing that he wants, which is inside this castle or this fortification on the water. Um, so Thorfinn takes the message and, uh, general job of the hut agrees to splitting the treasure, uh, with the Vikings. Um, if they will help him attack and take over this, um, this, uh, I I keep calling it like a castle, but it's like a
0: town. Yeah. It's like a small, a small, I guess it's two, two Frankish groups and they're fighting each other over this treasure i guess Mm, so that's
1: inside the city that the vikings want 50 percent of um so the the battle uh starts to rage again and we see Thorfinn just come out and he's just super fast and deadly he like takes off faster than all the other men and he like jumps across the moat and climbs the wall and just starts killing people on the ramparts and uh, he's just very deadly and very fast. You're like, wow, this guy is like super powered. Uh, and while this is happening, we see Askeladd on the bow of his dragon Viking ship uh, like just pointing his sword forward and, and underneath the ship are all these men and they are actually carrying these ships across land to get behind the town. Um and that's his his tactic. He's going to go to the part that is least defended. There's no walls in the back of the town. So they're kind of risking getting shot at with the bows and everything, but they are like physically carrying the boats over to the water so that they can launch their attack.
0: Um, yeah, it was it was I was curious like how much these boats weigh cuz it seems like they're pretty large boats. But yeah. I guess when you have that many big strong viking people I guess it maybe is it doesn't weigh that much if it's all split up. So I don't
1: know. Yeah, and I've never seen that in like a show, but right. I wouldn't put
0: it past
1: like that happening. I know, like yeah, like they were because I feel like they were more rowing ships and not like sailing ships. Yes, and they so yeah, and so you you don't have this big heavy mast um, that will weigh down the ship because the mast is like the. what makes the sailing ship. So, like, (laughs) the strength of the mast determines, like, how fast and how much, like,
0: how strong the ship is. Yeah, looking at the pictures, there is not a mast on it. It's just flat on the top. And there's no, there's nothing underneath either, like a cargo hold, as far Mm -hmm. as I can tell. Maybe, like, very small, but yeah, so it's like, it's a boat built for speed. Yeah, for sure.
1: And manpower. Um, Yeah. So, um. so the battle uh, rages but the uh, Vikings get to take it from behind and they go in and you just see their physical prowess they're dominating the defenders and they just take them out and uh, Lord Jabba General Jabba comes in all happy on his horse he's like oh, I have conquered this town this is fantastic oh we'll deal with these Norsemen when I have a chance so he's all super confident and then then he's, there's someone like, sir, sir, this, the treasury. And he kind of waddles in there and he's like, what, what? It's all gone. And then you see Ascalade; he's like wearing all the jewels and the crown. And yeah, he's the, like, bi-
0: the big cloak. The big
1: cloak. He's like, yeah, we decided to take all the stuff. Uh, we appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> um, and then so Jabba sends his men out to chase the Vikings. And they make their uh, daring escape off the falls. Um, and they're being chased, but they, uh, they're they hardy seamen. So they take a kind of a risky way out, and it pays off. And they're able to right. escape the land of the Franks. Because uh, we learned that Vikings are just kind of like raiders that they come in. They raid, they pillage, and then they're gone in a flash as well. Um, yep. And that... And that will lead us into uh, chapter two, where Varim is going to take over.
0: Yeah, one thing, uh, one scene that I really liked in chapter one that before I go past is uh, just seeing like how. So Thorfinn is like our main character, and I just loved how they like he portrayed Thorfinn as a character and how deadly he is with his uh, little short blades there, and uh, there's this one scene whenever he, you he said like he took off at a dash and like ran into the battle and I don't remember what page this is on, let me see 51, 52, so there's a 54 I guess, 54, 53. I opened like,
1: right to that page, sorry. Yeah, he's
0: like, So there's the bridge and you see all the people on the bridge fighting and all the arrows coming and then you just see Thorfinn literally jumping across the entire river <laughs> and I was just like what? That seems a bit uh that seems Super a bit human. far far-fetched in my opinion. But I guess you have to suspend disbelief a little bit because uh, you're trying to, they're trying to make their your our hero here seem very capable and very uh like he he's like a veteran of combat, which is interesting because in chapter 2 we see him like like you see him in his he's like a really good fighter, then you see him just get like Humiliated when he duels Askeladd, uh, so that was a, that was an interesting contrast as we see uh, from one chapter to the next. So you see a completely different uh, side of the character almost. Um, but yeah, let me talk a little bit about chapter two. So uh, yeah, they basically get they go back to Iceland, or not Iceland. They go back to uh, Denmark, where they're going to Lord Gorm. He is the leader of the village. And so I guess this was their last raid, I guess, for the summer, kind of fall season. So it seems like what happens for the Vikings is uh, they hole up in during the wintertime in their villages. And then whenever it gets warm enough, they go out, raid, pillage, steal, get all the plunder that they can. And that will based on how good they do, then they can spend the rest of the winter just kind of in peace and hanging out and chilling essentially. Um,
1: and drinking. I feel like drinking
0: was very yeah, much lo- Lots of today. drinking it seems. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so they, they all come back and everybody's like, yeah, everyone they're all home. And they brought all this treasure and all this food and stuff back with them. So everybody's very happy. And then we get to uh, ask He meets with uh, Lord Gorm. And, uh, oh yeah, I guess it is mentioned that he's Lord Gorm is Askeladd's uncle. So there is some blood relationship there. And, uh, so Lord Gorm is kind of like this seems like a, like a pencil pusher. Like he's very, he likes all the particular details. Like he's counting out his coins and he's like, Mm -hmm. uh, he wants to make sure that they got enough to make, make it all the way through winter and this kind of stuff. And Askeladd's kind of more of the easygoing, like, it'll all just kind of work out kind of thing. Um, so two different styles of uh, character there that we see uh, contrasted between the two. And uh, so after this, um, so I think right after the battle in chapter one, Thorfinn tried to initiate the duel between Ascalod because he did in fact uh, kill the leader of the Frankish army that they were attacking. And so Askeladd said that you have to bring me the head of the of the captain or whatever of the town. And that's why uh, Thorfinn was so uh, quick in trying to get up onto the ramparts to figure out uh, who he needed to kill so that he could have his duel with Ascalod. And so he completes this mission and uh, this is where he gets to say, okay, now it's time. We got to fight. And so we get this fighting and uh, I thought the action was done pretty well in this. I think sometimes it's hard to, whenever you're... Doing comic books, or I read mostly comics, and this is my first manga. But I think, in general, comics it's sometimes hard to depict motion and action whenever you're just drawing still images. So I think this does a really good job of like portraying like the speed of everything and uh, you know the action and then reaction between the two different characters. Um, so I just think that was that was well done in this in this scene. And so yeah, I mean they're basically fighting and. Thorfinn is really quick and he's really agile uh, but Ascallade clearly has the benefit of experience and he's much more measured and calm and collected and uh Thorfinn is definitely blinded by his rage and his desire to kill Ascalalade that he's not thinking straight and he's just he just wants to go full tilt and you know go without really even thinking of a good plan or a good way to um, uh, you know, get him on the defense and defeat his defenses. So, yeah, he just gets humiliated. Essentially, he gets like his arm popped out of his socket, and you know, I think in this, I was looking in the wiki. He's Thorfinn is about sixteen years old, sixteen, seventeen in this uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and Askalad's probably in what would you say, like his thirties? Yeah, at least yeah, something yeah. like that. I think people live. People so probably lived quarters. shorter back then, so probably thirties yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he just shows like you know you can't, you can try, but you can't. I'm like definitely the better swordsman, and so he's he he's defeated. And then uh, Thorfinn basically <laughs> because he's like a he's a kid, he's like sixteen. He just goes off and like pouts and sits in the boat, and he's like sitting out in the cold. Um, it just made me chuckle. Like that's like, such a typical kid thing to do is whenever you get beaten at something, your default is to pout, mope, you know, blame yourself or, you know, blame somebody else for your problems or whatever. And uh, yeah, I just thought I'm that was good. closing in on
1: 40 and I still sulk when I get it wrong <laughs> sometimes. So yeah, sure. I, I mean, know. that's like Would a it's definitely like a normal thing.
0: It's it. definitely like a normal thing people do whenever they feel like their pride has been severely wounded and uh, that's Mm -hmm. certainly the case with uh thorfinn because he got humiliated basically in front of the entire town because this whole town is gathering around to watch this battle and uh yeah ask uh thorfinn just gets he just gets wrecked and Mm -hmm. uh, so while he's out on the boat he uh, sees a vision of his father and his father gives him some encouraging words and says you know you're just gonna have to learn for yourself what it means to be a warrior um I don't and this think is his... a vision
1: of his father because yeah. his father, as we learned, is is dead because he wants to avenge him and that's why he's challenging Askeladd. Yes,
0: yeah. So Askeladd killed his father and so that's why he wants revenge. And so, yeah. Um, and then in the last kind of scene here, we have... Uh, what was her name again? It was... uh, uh Hordaland? probably butchering that name of course (laughs) um but i guess this was a this is a slave that lord gorm owns and i guess she was some kind of princess from another location or town or i can't remember the specifics actually um but she brings him some food and she's like reminiscing or basically thinking like i wish i could run away and go somewhere else and not be a slave anymore and then this is where uh Thorfinn is remembering the time where Leif Erikson told him about this land called Vinland which is far away from war and slavery and uh, that is where chapter 2 ends
1: yeah and I'll just uh, jump in on a quick thought on chapter 2 the the anime trope in here uh, is the nonchalant super powerful character um I think of sure. Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, there's a character named Bon, and he's right. always got, he's got his hands in his pockets all the time. And like when he starts fighting people, he'll just like use his legs and like keep his hands in his pockets. He'll be like cha cha cha, you know, kicking and stuff. And like when he gets like when he's really being challenged, he has to like you know, get his hands out of his pockets and start fighting. But right. I feel like there's always this trope of like. Yeah, I'm, like, nonchalant, and I'm, like, really cool and, like, super powerful, so don't even, like, try to mess with me. <laughs> right. Versus, like, um, Thorfinn's, like, teenage angst, anger attacks. Um, yep. Okay. okay. This yeah, I mean, I think ahead. that's
0: a good trope. Like, you have the cocky newcomer kid who thinks he's, you know, he's the hot All stuff. All that in a bag of chips. And then you have the 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 wise in this case, he's not like a wise old mentor. He's like, because Thorfinn wants to kill him, but he's like the guy that humbles our our main character and yeah, shows he, him like he, you can't just go in full bore and expect to win, right? You have to, mm-hmm. you know, think about it and plan a little bit more. You have to have some patience, which uh, Thorfinn does not have any patience at the moment. So yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so let me pick up with uh, chapter three here. Um, which enters with Leif Erikson tells young Thorfinns about his adventures to Vinland. Uh, and he talks about like, the, uh, so he's like in this uh, long house with a bunch of kids in front of him. And we don't know it's Leif Erikson yet, which, you know, common misconception is that Christopher Columbus discovered America. And we have Leif Erikson who did it like... Right. Oh, I don't even know the time. I don't even guess at the times, but I yeah, it was like say. nine.
0: It was like nine hundred A.D.
1: Yeah, like hundreds of years before right. <laughs> Christopher Columbus. And I think you know uh, that that usually gets well. I feel like that got swept under the rug back in the day. I feel like it's more widely known now. But anyway, right. Leif Erikson's is in his uh, his uh feathered hat uh that's looking very very native american he's smoking a peace pipe and he's got all these kids in front of him and he's telling them the stories of vinland um and and their adventures at sea um and so uh sorry i'm just catching up on my notes here um they go through and like uh, in addition to telling him about the Native Americans, he couldn't speak their language, but he got to know them. Uh, they one of the kids brings up the idea that the world is flat, and then we also see some North mythology here. Yeah, uh, I like that. That I'm I'm going to butcher the name Jormungand, uh, the world serpent, is out yeah. there guarding the seas and. Uh, if you sail too far, you are going to just fall into nothingness because the, the world is flat. And, right. you know, this is an old belief that has been disproven, but people believed it back in the day that you can just fall off.
0: People believe it now. So,
1: Flat Earthers, <laughs> here we <laughs> they go. Do.
0: They still exist, everybody. Oh, boy.
1: I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean,. Ay, ay, ay. We won't know. get into all that, but I just uh, think yeah. funny. normally we'd side quest it, but I'm just gonna just put a kibosh on that side quest. <laughs> just not gonna do it. Um but I will side quest and talk about um God of War number four, which is just entitled God right. of War, and how um you know the God of War games were originally Greek mythology and you learn all the gods and goddesses and um mm-hmm the ghost of Sparta battles his way through all the god and goddesses and then in this game they relaunch it this was such a great idea and they go into Norse mythology uh, and I think the big bad in that game is um, Balder is one of the, um, the gods uh, and he can't feel anything and he's upset that he can't feel anything uh, and then I, the world serpent is present in that game too. Um, and you have to collect its scales. It's like a commodity okay. within the game.
0: So um, is, is God of War is Ragnarok the fifth game?
1: I think so. Yeah. Cause there are three okay. God of Wars and then the new release, which is just God of War and then Ragnarok, I think is just coming out and I'll be looking to get that at some point in the future because four was just so good. The opening scene is like, seamless like it just goes into um him cutting down a tree and like that's the start of the game it's just this beautiful transition and then there's like almost like i think everything is like a continuous shot like it's crazy uh like for like the majority of the game sure Uh, it's so good
0: which is your favorite god of war game
1: Probably the fourth one, um, just because it, like, all the gameplay, I like that it's the North mythology, and then it brings in Atreus, uh, which is his son, and, uh, you know, being a parent now, you know, seeing the, uh, you know, seeing the father aspect of it, um, uh, that appeals to me. So, yeah, I would definitely say the fourth one.
0: Now I have to play the fifth one and see if I like that more than the fourth one. Well, I guess it's still in Norse mythology because Ragnarok is a is a north a Norse yeah, uh event Idea. that's supposed to happen.
1: Yep. Uh just like we saw in Thor, there's a Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok, right. Um yep, and there's the, there's a special ending at the end of the game that you can see um you can see a God of Thunder like getting worked up um because nice. the god of thunder was not in the fourth game so side quest complete um completes <laughs> okay I have, to have at least one yep um so in this uh so after leaf erickson is kind of explaining all of his adventures uh we meet thor's so this is you know back in time 10 years and then we have um Thorfinn's father, which is Thor, and he talks to Leif about, um, about, uh, different things. And we also, during this time, see the lifestyle that they're living in the, uh, in the village where Thor's and Thorfinn's live. It's just covered in ice. You know, everyone's huddled around the fire. Yeah. Um, we see like some animals like in the houses with the people and it's just, you know, kind of painting the lifestyle of the Vikings. Um, and there's heavy snows going on right now, and there's kind of like this cutscene where we just see a man breathing very heavily, and he's got, uh, a chain wrapped around his neck, and he's just like, he's got short sleeves on in a blizzard, so he's not prepared for the weather. Um, and fast forward, we meet, uh... Oh, we, we practiced her name and I've already forgotten how we were going to say it. Yilvi. Yilva. Yilva? Thank it's you. an A. Yilva. I think it's an A. Oh. Well, A. it doesn't help that, that I mistyped it. Yilva. <laughs> yep. Yilva. Uh, so the Just, the snow has. Sorry, it's go Thor, ahead.
0: Thorfinn's sister, I think, right?
1: Yes. Mm hmm. Um, so she's in the house, but then. It's like the next day, because Thorfinn is having this dream uh, that he's fighting Jormangan, um, the world right. serpent, and then his sister wakes him up and he's like, Ah, oh, how dare you? I've, I've done all <laughs> this work warming this bed up, like, get out of here. Um, so it's the next day and all this ice and snow has accumulated and they're, you know, again being the hardy Vikings, like clearing all the snow. And Yilva finds a man in the snow uh and brings him in to be cared for. And we see that his limbs are frostbitten and he's got injuries, like whips, uh like he's been whipped all over his body and that he's been chained. Um, okay. and he also looks pretty emaciated. There's not a lot of bones on his body and uh L- not a lot Yilva- of
0: leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, said, you said not a lot of bones on his body. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, yep. I, I've been listening to some of our other podcasts, and I'm just like, man, I have so many non-sequiturs. I really hope people just let me roll with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's all good. Uh. One quick thing that I, thought, I think is funny. So, like, we have to plow our driveways from the snow, but the Vikings, they have to plow their roofs. Just, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yep. Because they have thatched roofs. They can't have all that snow up there. Yeah, it'll it's gonna, crash in it's, on them. It's going to mess them up.
1: Yep. Um, so, Ylva theorizes that uh, he's an escaped slave. Meanwhile, uh, Thorfen is with Leif, and Leif is obviously working on his boat, and uh, he's telling him the uh, stories about him, like uh, Leif crossing the seas, and you know, one wrong step, and they could die. They're out in these yeah. icebergs, and Thorfinn's just kind of listening and, you know, it's a pretty, being a pretty little, sad story. Yeah. Uh, how everyone died and yep. leaf makes it out alive. Just him. Um, and Thorfinn's kind of, I feel like he's kind of unimpressed, you know, being a little kid like, Oh yeah.
0: Right. Um, and is this where and, he tells them that, uh, they were trying to flee, like why they're in Iceland and they were trying to get away from like an invading army. And then, uh, Thorfinn like runs off. You're like, you guys wouldn't run away. That's not what Vikings do.
1: Oh uh, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that was
0: in this scene. Um, yeah, I think so too. I think he's Thorfinn's like an idea. He's being like an idealist because he's a kid and not facing reality. And then whenever he hears stories about like things that actually happened, like it's like that can't possibly be true because I've been told this my whole life. And if that's opposite mm-hmm. to what I've been told, then that it can't happen that way. You know, kind of it's a, a kid's mindset of how to think about the world
1: and an adult mindset too. I meet so many people that just believe what they believe because they've always, you know, sure. I like, I like to tr- coach metacognition, thinking about thinking, you know, um, because, you like, I, I think it's a good practice, and you know, this is going out to the listeners. Like, are you challenging yourself in the way that you think? Or do you just accept things, or do you like go back to the Bible and say, like, what does God have to say about this? And because um, right. if you try and walk in the light, the more you try and reflect on it, the more you realize how much wrong you are doing. <laughs> uh, I think it's. Um, let's see uh c.s lewis who says like uh like a good person knows they're not that good and a bad person's like i'm not that bad (laughs) um i think that's the way that uh, c.s lewis puts it because if you are trying to pursue and follow god you know just how you will learn just how high the bar is like every word every step you make throughout the world is being evaluated by god and uh And it's, and that is a lot of pressure if you want to try and get it right. And that's why you have to rely on grace, because if you try and get it all right, you're going to feel all this immense pressure and it's just not going to work out. And it's not possible. You
0: can't possibly live up to that standard. Impossible.
1: Completely impossible. There's not a lot of things that are impossible. This is impossible to live up to God's standard. Um, Yes. So, um, So Thorfinn returns home, and they're tending to the slave, and the slave awakens, and he's groggy, and all he can say is, like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. And then a townsman arrives and says to Thor's, come quick, Halfdan's ship is at the dock. And then Halfdan, who's obviously not full Dan, uh, has arrived. And uh, I think that's that's where we're going to go to chapter
0: 4 <laughs> I, sa- I said before we started recording that uh, if I think half Dan has a brother also named half Dan, and then together they become full Dan yeah, that's, my, like, that's my that's my they're theory
1: like, they're like Transformers or like the Wonder Twins or something <laughs> they have to like be together to be super powerful <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe uh, in like volume 10 of Vinland Saga we'll meet half Dan's other half Danny She's
1: just named Danny. Half Danny. Danny. There you go. Half
0: Danny. Right. Dan and half Danny. Half Dan and half Danny. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so half Dan, he's from like another local village. Because um, it seems like he got there fairly quickly. So I think if you're... So Iceland is an island, as you know. And uh, I think a lot of the villages are centered around different points of... The ocean and so they can kind of just sail around to different parts of different villages and such uh, sounds reasonable to me of how they would be set up because um, mm-hmm. uh, I was actually quick side quest slash side note thing um, my wife and I took our honeymoon in Newfoundland and we went part of our trip we went to the very northern the farthest northern port point in newfoundland and there is a viking like an old viking settlement there where they came and they settled and they were there for a little bit of time and like i guess they couldn't make it work and so they had to leave um but yeah it was oh, just cool to see yeah so that's another proof that like you know they did discover in north america There their settlements on um in newfoundland which is the uh in canada um if you want to go yeah, to a really cool s- place, <laughs> Newfoundland is a really cool place to go. It's not very touristy. Oh. Uh, some really cool sites, some cool national parks, some cool towns. It's got some small town kind of vibes. It's a really sweet place to go if you're looking for something different and unique to go to. Uh, that's my plug for for Newfoundland. So yeah, I was going to
1: say, um, yeah, that... For those of you not up on geography, because I knew where Newfoundland was when you start saying it, but I was like, I'm not sure everyone does. Uh, yeah, the eastern board of Canada, and yeah. um, and it's funny because like I look at it, you know, teaching kids, and it's like new found land, and it's like right. Newfoundland. <laughs> yeah.
0: So in Canada, the whole the whole province is called Newfoundland and Labrador. And so Labrador is the part of the mainland of Canada. And then Newfoundland is the island part. So oh, Newfoundland, okay. Newfoundland is just a one big island. And then it's sort oh, of like okay. Iceland in that way. Um, I think it's maybe a little bigger than Iceland, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. That's maybe not true. I don't know. But uh, yes, side quest complete. Uh, <laughs> that was just my plug because it was really cool to see the Viking settlement stuff in, uh, in Newfoundland up there. Yeah, um, that's cool yeah so anyways Halfdan arrives and he's trying to find a slave and uh thor's and his family they're trying to take care of the slave and revive him and half Dan, uh confronts uh leaf at the docks who is i think they're kind of waiting for thor's to show up because it seems like thor's is kind of the leader of the town did you get kind of get that vibe that he's the leader of the town um,
1: well, yeah, either either the leader or just, like, an elder
0: that, yeah, like, is well-trusted. Like yeah. yeah. And uh, there's, like, this interesting confrontation at the docks where... Um, I guess there's been some beef between this village and another village previously because some of the other people are like, "You took my arm," and then one like, the one guy's like, "My other my brother can't walk. I'm gonna fight you and all this kind of stuff." Oh so yeah, I do remember that. They're about to fight each other, and then Halfdan, like, looks at his own man and like he takes his chain and like wraps him up in his like chain, and then he like, like whips him or something with it, and like messes him up. Uh, it was just an interesting see- scene, like. It's Halfdan's own man, but he does not take any. Like he doesn't want his own men to like, you know, go off on their own and have their own battles outside because they're not here for them. Halfdan's here for a purpose, and it's not to pick fights with uh, people in the village. And so Halfdan's definitely like a ruthless type of type of character, and he's definitely like drawn that way too. Like he's very stoic, and he doesn't have a lot of emotion. He just like. Uh, he talks and then he does like action. That's He's all about action, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And uh, so later on, they uh, go into Thor's house because I guess, I'm not sure if it was mentioned that they found out where the slave was, but I think he just kind of maybe he just walks around and they figure out. I guess, I don't think these villages are that big, so it probably wouldn't be that hard to find them. Um, but Halfdan shows up in Thor's house and he's like, I need my slave. And Thor is like, uh, I'll buy him off of you. And uh, his family is a little bit like, why would why would you do that? He's like half dead; um, he's probably not going to make it. And so Thor's asks him how much he paid for the slave, and Halfdan says he bought him for two sheep. And then so Thor's offers, I'll give you um, three. And then uh, and then he gets barred he barter's up. It, and well like Halfdan says no I'd rather take him back and make him an example for other slaves to not run away and then Thor's is like I'll give you four sheep and then Halfdan's like hmm interesting offer what if I asked for twice that so it's up to eight sheep now and so Thor's is like you shall have it and uh, at this point his especially uh, Yelva there's this, like funny little thing where she's thinking like four times two that's that's a crazy number like eight sheep um yeah because you have to imagine like that's not a very large village so you can't imagine that they have that many sheep to just give away um so Mm. this is probably like a massive like they're taking they're going to be taking a big hit like financially in that culture um for like and they're not really—they're not getting anything in return. Like the slave's not going to be able to help them, because um, in the next few scenes he's going to be dead. And yeah, I just thought it was an interesting—an interesting scene to show Thor's character. Like he does not want this slave to—he doesn't want the slave to die a slave. Like he wants the slave to die a free man. And I think that goes a long way to just showing who Thor's is as a person. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you haven't had any thoughts about that scene. Cause I just thought that was a, it was probably one of the biggest, like most impactful scenes in the, in this section, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know, just, you know, the amount of like, he's, he's committed to doing the right thing and he's right. very committed because he's willing to overpay and, right. you know, half Dan is definitely a bully and he's like, appeasing him but he's like getting what he wants out of it even though no one else is like on board with it and then that's just kind of like how we as christians should like show our faith is like if we are convicted of something that god wants us to do you know treat people with esteem and respect and go above and beyond to like do that for another human being and like you know here it's like the guy's life um And sometimes we can't even do that for just people in our everyday lives. Right. Um, And so, yeah, I just thought it was kind of very much like a... I felt like Christian morals were kind of at play. Like, you know, these are just sheep and this is a man's life. And just because he's on the verge of death, um, this is a man that, like you said, he's not going to be able to help or be like any part of the community. But he's doing it because it's a human life, and uh, it's it's worth right. it to him to sacrifice these sheep, um, right. and and then they're 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 just gonna go with what Thor says, and um, yep. And the kind of like, you know, the bully got what he
0: wanted, but yep. Thor's Thor's morals are intact, uh, right. which I think is, and Halfdan is like sh- definitely right. abusing the good faith of Thor's. Cause he could have just been oh, like sure. four sheep. Yeah, I'll take that. That's a pretty good deal. And I was like, no, nah, I want double that. Four. I want eight sheep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just you definitely see the complete contrast between half Dan's morality versus Thor's morality, and and then it's also interesting thinking about so if this is so we see Thor's and then we see Thorfinn earlier in the story and who he is as a character and you're like, how did Thorfinn how was you know this is the son of Thors who had these upstanding morals and uh, like how did Thorfinn come to a point where he's basically the complete opposite of his father in terms of um, his morality um, so it'll be interesting to see as we read through this story in further chapters and volumes you know, like how you know like how he goes down that path and what what happened later on in his story so yeah, definitely interesting. Um, so yeah, the last scene we get here in this section is uh, they're burying the slave, and um, uh, young Thorfinn he asks his father if they indeed, if it, if their ancestors did indeed run away essentially uh, because of an invading, of invading army, and they came to Iceland to escape that. And uh, Thorfinn asks the question. You know, what happens? Where do we go to escape from here if we have to escape? And, uh, yeah, that's a good question because there's not too many other places that they can go because they're already pretty far off in Iceland as it is. And so that's a very good question. And, uh, that is where we leave chapter four. One more chapter.
1: Yep. Um,. So, at the beginning of chapter 5, we're, uh, the name of this chapter is called Troll. We're we're seeing this attack in England in 1002 AD, um, on November 13th. And so, (laughs) they've got a bunch of nude, nude guys throwing water on each other and laughing. It's Saturday, and then all of a sudden... Uh, the English who know that this is the Vikings kind of practice they show up and they start slaughtering them When they're at their most vulnerable um, And they are like fighting and clashing and they use this kind of like brawl between the Vikings and these people to transition to Thorfinn's town when he's a little kid and then they have a, a very similar battle going on with all these uh, swords and Spears and shields and everything But it's just a bunch of kids And they're all like Having a fun time Like wrecking each other And um You can see in one One of the pictures Someone falls down And gets hurt And they're crying While everyone else is Fighting in the background Um So I thought that was An interesting transition Um But we go back to Iceland And um And they're having this mock battle And Leif is loading up his Boats Uh and kind of talking to Thorfinns a little bit and Thor's is not being a successful blacksmith. So again, we're kind of getting a, a view of what the town is operating like. Um, uh, I think a parent of Parinibara, he would be disappointed that, um, Thor's, <laughs> Thor's metal pan has a big hole in it and it just leaks all the water out. So it's completely useless.
0: Um, I'll, I'll leave a link to our wheel of time discussions, uh, somewhere on youtube (laughs) one of those wherever the (laughs) wherever the cards show up i don't remember which side they come up on um
1: and so they're just having their normal town life and then all of a sudden this giant boat shows up it's huge um and this large army known as the warriors of Jom, um something like that they they disembark from the boat and they bow to Thors, um, which is interesting because Thor's is just kinda like living in this town. Like, why is this army like saluting him? And they're led by um a man named Floki, and he looks very Viking. He's got the scar down the face and Floki is very close to Loki, um, but it's not. It's just it's yeah. Floki. Um so it makes sense that they Flo- would name
0: people after their gods. Yeah,
1: that yeah, makes sense. Um, so Floki brings news of unrest in England with the death of King Sweens. Su- Su- I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. Of Denmark's sister. So she died, and you know, this is the perfect pretext for this king to start a war. And uh, Floki tells Thor that there is great War a brewing. And uh we end the chapter learning Floki calls Thors the troll, and there's mention of him um being a deserter to this army. And, he, and also he was also,
0: he was a captain in their army.
1: Yep, and he names him um captain, a Viking captain in the army, which is why he probably received the bowels from the army. Right. Um <clears throat> And he ends with the ominous statement that Thor's <coughs> participation is required in this upcoming battle. So this is probably where, right. um, Thor's is going to be leaving this town. And probably Thorfinn is going to come with him because he's going to, I I would imagine it's going to be Leif, Thor's, and Thor, excuse me, um, disembarking and going on this, uh, Going out to find this war, I think that's kind of where this um, the second half of the book is headed. Yeah. Any thoughts yeah. on this final chapter here?
0: Yeah, I mean it's implied that like if you don't come and join our army, then we're gonna like like your village is gonna have problems, or they're gonna maybe they're gonna kill some people, <laughs> something like that. Like Floki looks like he's not messing around, so yeah. Um, <laughs> Floki's like the. He definitely just looks like he he's all about the battle and the war, so um, I hope we get to see him in battle that would be uh, some fun stuff to look at no, for sure um yeah, I mean, there wasn't too much in this chapter, I don't think um yeah, just the big reveal that Thor's was potentially a deserter um I'm sure we will get that scene and that story told either in these next few chapters in this volume. Um, or at another volume later on. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see maybe Thor's perspective on how he ended up where he is and, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be good. Um, yeah. So what were your, what were your general thoughts on just this first section? Uh, your first entry into manga? Um,
1: you did mention this in the previous podcast that it was going to be tough to, uh, read right to left and I was like ah oh, it's not gonna be a problem but I did get confused um yeah not so much with like the orientation of the um the pictures but how right. to read the the word bubbles right um, yeah like which one you know if you read the all of them in the same scene like they all make sense together yeah uh, excuse excuse me it's getting late um it is getting late but um, yeah, I just thought that that was interesting. I, I did have to get used to that. Um, I really enjoyed the animation, uh, in the book, it just paints like a fuller picture. Um, yeah. and it was an easy read, um, which yeah, was, was nice. Um, uh, because I, um, you know, we do these big, lengthy books, and I get the pass of of you know the the time that i get to read is in the car so i get the audiobooks so this is kind of a nice little entry into right. uh, re- reading a book again because i read emails but i don't read as many books um <laughs> so so no it was good i found it enjoyable um i didn't really realize that this was a Viking story until they announced them as Vikings at the end of like the first one, because they, they do have this kind of like anime character look that's in like a lot of like animes and mangas and stuff. So I kind of, you know, I kind of got, it was in an ancient time period, but beyond that, I was like, Oh, they're Vikings. Oh, I get it now. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes, but, um, yeah, I thought it was good. Good entry point. If, um, our listeners are considered, Considering getting into this, like out of the one manga we read, this is a good one (laughs) that you can get started with. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I agree. From the experts of this part, yeah, as the experts, this is the one (laughs) Japanese manga
0: we recommend Vinland Saga. Um, Out of
1: reading half of one manga, half
0: of one manga, right? Well, technically, you read one volume, so we read a volume, you read a whole volume, so. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I agree. I, I did really enjoy this. Um, I liked how it, it's very grounded in reality, but then you also have some of the. Again, we haven't read. A, I haven't read a lot of manga. I've just seen like you know, stuff online about manga. But you have kind of like the stereotypical, uh, like they really uh, accentuate the emotions of the characters and they make them. Uh, so it's like a serious story, but then you have like, you know. Jabba the Hutt man, general guy who has <laughs> these like crazy, like awkward features to just um, really uh, like make you focus on like his act, his attributes and who he is as a character. And so those those character traits, uh, you know, like they stand out. So it makes it more apparent of who the who the who the character is and what he's about. Um, so I enjoyed those things. Um, yeah, I think I just like the setting. I've always liked kind of Norse mythology and, and that kind of setting um like i mentioned going to newfoundland seeing those viking stuff was really cool and i've always wanted to take like one of those viking cruises and go all along up in those nordic countries and see all those types of things oh um, yeah all of that kind of stuff just really interests me um i just think it's a really unique culture and uh you know part of history so i was definitely down to read this manga whenever i uh heard about the setting and what it was what the story was about. So yeah, I was, uh, I'm happy I read this first section. So yeah, looking forward to more, of course. Um,
1: so, so I think that brings us to the themes, um, and you, you've kind of outlined some, so do you want to take it away with the themes that you, uh, found in this first read through?
0: Yeah. So as I mentioned previously at the beginning of the podcast, um, I noticed three themes if you have any more themes that you notice, Gabe, let me know. Um, but I noticed definitely a theme of revenge with uh, the character of Thorfinn and just talking about that like he wants to avenge his father and he is completely completely blinded by his rage to kill Oskald, the one who killed his father and um we actually talked about revenge and vengeance in our podcasts on. The Crimson Campaign at the end of the story with uh, uh Tamis not being the one to kill Nixlaus, right? Am I getting all those characters yep, correct? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Remembering all of the names. Good uh, job. So yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, just talking about like Tamis wanted the revenge and he didn't get it. So I'm wondering, like in this story, will Thorfinn be able to? kill ask and will that satisfy him or will there something else happen or will he you know come to terms with it on, in a different way so just thinking you know yeah. about that and how the parallels with the crimson campaigns talk of revenge and so i'm interested to see how that story will play out uh, in the future sections um, but i also had some uh, bible passages and i don't know if i'll read i have these big sections of scripture in here that i put in our notes but i don't know if i'll read all of them because it's kind of a lot um but i'll definitely mention the passages so in uh romans 12 uh we have verses 9 through 21 uh just talking about um vengeance and the the key passage in here is uh i don't remember what the verse number is um but it says You know, as Christians, that is our call is to not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so even those who are our enemies, we're supposed to be feeding them, giving them water, um, heaping burning coals on their head, which is, I think, is a form of blessing in that culture. um, If I'm remembering correctly, if I'm wrong about that, someone comment, please let me know. Um, But the contrast here is with Thorfinn, you know, he is... He is not being—he's not overcoming evil with good. He is just—he's embracing the evil, and he wants the revenge, because um, that's his selfish. He's being selfish in that sense, and he thinks that will satisfy, um, you know, his desire for revenge. Um, and then in the Old Testament, we have a psalm uh, that I liked. Uh, it was Psalm 94. And uh, this first section says, "O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth, rise up, O Judge of the earth, repay to the proud what they deserve." O Lord, how long shall the wicked? How long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words. All the evil doers boast. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner, and, the, and murder the fatherless. And they say, "The Lord does not see. The God of Jacob does not perceive." And so this is like a uh in the in the New Testament in Romans we have uh you know, Paul saying that God uh God is vengeance and he will he's the one who will enact the revenge on, on the world. And in this psalm we have I think it's probably the one from David saying he is a god of vengeance, so um just proof to that that phrase that Paul uses in Romans. Um so, yeah, I don't know. Just There's a lot of themes of revenge in this book with Thorfinn, and the, the, the biblical parallel is like, you know, you're supposed to give up your revenge and let God be the one to have that revenge uh, at the end whenever he will bring justice upon the whole world. And so for today, we can, you know, give up those things and uh, not seek revenge uh, and instead show goodness and respect to those people, even though we may feel wronged by what they have done to us. So yeah, that was my thing on revenge. <laughs> That's good.
1: Yeah. Um, so just to kind of reflect on what you've said, um, I think that it's a call to humility um, when yeah. it comes to, to um, having vengeful thoughts or seeking revenge. Um, the God, uh, God is asking you to kind of be humble in this, that like, He's like, it's not yours to go and, and, and claim this revenge. It's mine. Right. And if if you are a Christian and you struggle with believing that, you're not alone, um, it is hard to say like when someone wrongs you, like your emotions get in the way of you thinking like the way Christ wants you to think. You are angry. You want that person to suffer. You want, you know, like they did me wrong. I'm going to do them wrong. And, you know, just in the classroom, you just see that snow much. Well, they did this. Well, then I did that, you know, like this back and forth and it all just got like, you are in charge of your response. And I go back to Stephen Covey and like, there's a difference between a, um, reaction, which is what most people like. If you haven't been taught with it, you react to things. And uh, he says you have the power to respond. And that is putting space between the stimulus and your response. Because if there's a stimulus and you react to it, there's no filter. And I think mm-hmm. that goes back to like people being like quick to anger. And then like if you get bad news or something bad has happened, instead of reacting to it, you should respond to it in a way that Christ wants you to. Um, and I think the idea is that you're supposed to know, listen, God is going to judge every single person perfectly at the end of the day. And if they have done something wrong, it is up to him to claim whatever he needs to out of, out of that interaction. Um, you know, I've been listening to, um, pastor Mike Winger. Uh, he's got a YouTube station. Um,
0: he's got great content
1: he really does uh, and he has an app called bible thinker and he spoke to this and just saying how god will judge people perfectly he will take into account their like yep. personal limitations and i think it's interesting because you know in one passage in the bible they talk about things that cause you to stumble and what causes like me to stumble um you know when it comes to like you know i've struggled with diving into fantasy in the past and um you know things that will cause me to stumble are different from things that will cause other people to stumble and so and then it also goes into like your knowledge of scripture like how much do you know about god and like it is more of a sin like if you know something's a sin and then you continue to do it it's more of a sin for you now that you're in the knowledge of like i should not be doing this um so that's why wisdom right. begins with the fear of God. <laughs> you should know <laughs> right. that when you're doing it wrong, you got to, you got to shape up. Um, right. Cause, cause living for God, it's very tough. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> uh, it it's hard to to stand, to stand up just, to the world. It's hard Go to just,
0: ahead. you know, you know, if you're, if you get wronged by somebody, it's just really hard to like put aside all of those immediate reactions and emotions that you have like you have like this innate like oh like i really want this something to happen to this person to have justice um Mm -hmm. so they get like get what they deserve you know that that phrase and Mm -hmm. it's just really hard to like put aside those things and you know like the the the, what would wwjd bracelets like what would Mm -hmm. jesus do in this situation and it wouldn't be to wish ill upon that person it would be to um you know give them like bless them and pray for them and and turn the other cheek yeah turn the other cheek and that's just so counter to human nature and yeah it's just really hard to pull yourself out of that mind that headspace and align yourself with the bible and not with what your own with what your own flesh desires so yeah all right that's good on revenge um so the next one was sacrifice and this is particularly brought up with thors as he is uh in the scene where he's buying the slave back from halfdan and um i just thought this was interesting from a biblical perspective um There is a passage in uh, John and um, 1 Corinthians uh, 7. I'll read the 1 Corinthians one first. Uh, This is uh, chapter 7, verses 22 to 23. It says, For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a free man of the Lord. Likewise, he who is free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men and like the christian idea well clearly slavery slavery is wrong so it says right there you're bought with a price do not become bond servants of men um and so we're supposed to be slaves to christ and not to other people and um with like the idea of sacrifice like thor's is sacrificing his own wealth essentially and his own things and his own worldly possessions for the life of this person. Um, Like he's sacrificing his livelihood so that this, this man can be set free from his chains. And I think that's like a similar, similar thing to what Jesus does for us. Like we were bought with a price. Jesus bought us with, bought us with a price and the price was his own blood. And Thor's doesn't go as far as giving his own blood for this man. But I mean, he gives a lot up for, him when he's he not getting anything livelihood. Yeah, he's not getting yeah. anything in return and just like uh i don't remember the passage but there's something about like um as if god needed anything from us like he doesn't need us to be complete or whole he does it he 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 say he provided a way for us because he loves us and he wants us to be in community uh with him and Yeah, I just thought that was like a, it was like a Christ kind of parallel uh, Thor's actions in that scene. Um, And yeah, I mean, just another, like the passage in John is just talking about um, like being slave to sin and like how that's such a, like just the idea of slavery is big in this culture back then. And um, yeah, just slave to sin. is just a reminder, like, you know in my quote, like we're all slaves to something. And instead of being slaves to our flesh, we should be slaves to righteousness and to, uh, into Christ instead of, of men and our sin. So again, hard things to do in practice. Um, but like simple concepts, uh, that we can remember.
1: Yeah. Just because things are easy to understand doesn't mean that they're easy to do. (laughs) Yes. Uh Um, You know it's easy to say you know you can do these things but it's tough to like really commit to that practice um yeah so uh yeah i thought i thought you hit this section pretty well um you know definitely like good samaritan sort of feel here like doing the right thing because it's the right thing and not really worrying about like the immense toll it's going to take on your personal things and then um you know, there's the cheerful giver, uh, scripture that says God loves a cheerful giver. Um, and when I was learning that passage, I was at a different church. I was actually in between churches. I was trying to find a church and I listened to this series, um, at a church. Um, and it was saying how, like when you give to the Lord, like it should stretch you, like it should be like, well, we yeah. might not be able to go out to eat this week because we are trying to, you know, give of our resources to the Lord. Um, right. And Thor's embodies this. He's not doing, he's not matching the price. He's quadrupling the price of the sheep um, right. to, to get this man. And he's not worried. He's like, he is going, he is sacrificing and like giving up part of his livelihood. Um and that's what makes him Thor's is that he's willing to do that, and I think that's a very Christian value. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's good for the sacrifice section.
0: Yeah, and then the last thing I have here is just belief, um, and this kind of maybe goes to like an apologetics kind of thing. Um, so, in Gabe's quote, he mentioned that uh young thorfinn did not want to believe in vinland until he saw it for himself and uh uh there's a quote in here from the story where they're describing what vinland is and it says far to the west across the sea there is a place called vinland it is warm and fertile far from far from slavery and the fires of war no one can reach you there what do you say will you live there with us I think this is when he's talking to the dying slave and telling him about what Vinland is. And uh, Thorfinn, young Thorfinn, doesn't. uh, He heard Leif talk about Vinland, and then this is the next time he hears about it, where his own father is talking about Vinland. And, um, yeah, just seeing, like, believing without seeing something is a, a theme in the Bible. So in 2 uh, uh, Corinthians 5, uh, which uh, verse would this be? Um, I think this is verse 6. Uh, it says, uh, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Um, and so that's just like a in this passage, it's saying, you know, we're at home. Uh, We are at home in the body when we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. So there's like a a hope of um, something far away that we will receive later, like our new bodies. And like we can't see those things now, but we have to walk by faith and not by sight and not seeing those things now. Um, And there's also the passage in uh, 1 Corinthians 13 where it's talking about where like we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So this is just talking about like, we can see like a, like a mirror image, like a picture of what we will have in the life to come with Christ. Like we see it in a mirror dimly. so it's not, it's kind of foggy and we don't have the entire picture. Um, but then we will see Jesus face to face. And so it's like a longing for something else. Uh, uh, that we cannot see, but part of, uh, part of faith and, you know, Christianity is believing in things that you can't see. Not that you don't have evidence for why you believe what you believe, but at some level there is, there is like a leap of faith, like even for atheism, like you have to have a leap of faith to say something came from nothing. Like there's no, there's no hard evidence to say the big bang actually, you know, there was nothing. And then, just it just happened you know like there is some kind of leap of faith in all sorts of worldviews right and not just because you you know just because you say like I only believe in things that I can see um, yeah there's still there's still leaps of faith that you make in everyday life um, whether you think about them or not Um, my
1: favorite thing is when Ray Comfort goes to atheists and say do you believe in the scientific impossibility that nothing created everything (laughs) because if you think about it how could nothing nothing at all generate every single thing in the universe yes like how could nothing just do that um and uh yeah yeah, it's (laughs) it's really interesting to watch uh his apologetic style his is very much confrontational i feel like it's uh and it's good in a way because it can shake people up and like right like oh like i do need a savior and everything but i I love the interviews that he does because he just lets people talk sometimes he's like what what do you think happens when we die and the things that come out of people's mouths are very very interesting and like i hope that when i like get you know an interview like this that i don't sound yeah i i hope i sound christian and i hope that my doctrinal understandings are correct that's what I hope for if I'm ever in a street interview situation.
0: Yeah. There's a book by uh, Greg Kokel. I think it's over there somewhere off the screen. Um, But in, in that book, he talks about one of the questions you should ask people whenever you're having, you know, faith kind of questions or apologetics type things is to just ask people like, what do you mean by that? Cause there's sometimes where people will have like a belief and they'll, they'll, they'll say what they believe And then if you just ask, like, what do you mean by that and have them expand and try to, you know, think for themselves, like, you know, what do you mean whenever you say you believe X thing? And so as they talk about it, maybe, you know, like he's like you said, like he just lets people talk sometimes whenever people try to describe what they believe and
1: and justify
0: and justify they they sometimes there's breaks in logic and they can't they don't actually have a good reason for why they believe what they believe. Maybe they just heard somebody say it and they liked it or somebody that they yep. trusted, told them this or, and they've never actually sat down and, you know, went through all of the the steps of logic to be like, okay, if I believe this and this means I have to believe that. And so, you know, go through, going through all of those things. And, um, you know, I, I think you mentioned earlier in the podcast, like you have to, uh, well, you, you said something about like, you have to te- like you have to test your own beliefs and like, tr- like testing yourself yeah. for. To metacognition. Make sure that you believe, thinking yeah, metacognition. about thinking.
1: Thinking about thinking.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's that's a call for Christians as well to, You can, you, you have to have faith because you can't see some things in Christianity and you can't see everything here in the physical world right now. Um, but We should do our best to, you know, always be testing our faith and have, like, a justification for why we believe what we believe. Um, Because more and more, like, America and, you know, Western countries are becoming less and less of a Christian nation. And so it's good to, you know, always be looking at like, what are people saying about Christianity? Why do they say that they don't believe it? What are the, what are the holes that they're trying to poke into the belief system and how do how do we answer those things? And, um, cause if you don't have answers for those things, then people are just going to, you know, they could potentially write off Christianity and just walk away. And, you know, we definitely don't want that. We want as many people as possible to come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Um, So yeah, just belief, belief in general is, that's a a theme in this, uh, not a, not a massive theme. It was just like a small thing that I saw, um, as I was reading it. So
1: yeah. And I think, and I think, um, you know, also it's good to explore like why you believe, because I can't tell you how many times that I changed what I believe just like after having a conversation with someone. Um, and that was just, uh, me being lost and me being like a person who has always been like a people pleaser and just like, oh yeah, you know what, that does make sense. I, I think I believe that now. And like me as like an adult who has started following Christ, um, coming up on like a decade now, I would say that I'm truly following Christ, like, like pursuing him, trying to figure out his word. Um, and not just like when I was in high school and stuff, I feel like I was getting to know God a little bit, but it was still like, like my, the teachings were relegated to like Sunday and like church events and like, you know, that's when we're going to talk about this stuff. And then, you know, you just live your life the way you live your life. Um, and I really didn't have like a backbone when it came to like standing up for beliefs and Some people are born with that backbone that like, this is what I believe and I'm going to stand for it. And I was always like much more perceiving. If you're familiar with Myers-Briggs judging versus perceiving, I'm much more perceiving like open-ended, like, oh, that could mean this, that could mean that. And it's just, um, it's, it's, you know, more recently have I like taken the time to think through the things that I believe and like have a firm foundation on why I believe those things. Um, so so yes, think about what you believe and then stick to it. And, and what you sh- believe should correspond to what's in scripture and do your best to uh, achieve education and wisdom on, on what the Bible is trying to communicate to you. Um, yeah, that is my, that's my, uh,
0: that's my bit on, on belief there. There you go. All right, that's gonna do it for themes. Um, that's kind of a new section, I guess. We just added to the podcast, so hopefully you like that. And uh, yeah, we'll try to keep that going for future future podcasts. Um, if it's
1: relevant, we'll 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 throw it in there. If yeah, I think themes.
0: I think uh, at least for me, I won't speak for Gabe, but I feel like I'm not. I don't do a good job of like bringing scripture, like actual, just like scriptural proofs for what i'm trying to say in the podcast so um i, I think it's just we need to do better with that and i'm just trying 2023 is going to be the going to be a better year i'm just going to try and do better at uh, adding Good. pieces of scripture into the amen podcast, so. i
1: like that tyler i like yeah. that you're stepping up and bringing some scripture to the table um i will try to do the same but i will not promise because right. I don't know what 2023 is going to hold. <laughs> That's Al- right. Although I do know this in 2023, the plan is, God willing, um, I will become a father twice over. So, yeah. Um, my wife and I are expecting, and we're expecting a little boy um, come May. So, we are excited about that. And uh, there might be another hiatus. I don't know if it'll be as long as the seven month <laughs> that we took. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, this is something that's new for me in this uh, this coming year. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So I won't say if, if I can commit everything, but I like that you're stepping up and you're going to bring some more scripture to the table. <laughs> that makes me happy. Awesome. Uh,
0: if you're still watching right now, <laughs> go ahead in the comments and uh, give Gabe uh, some prayer requests for the upcoming baby. Oh, uh, Thank uh, you if you're watching like a year from now or two years from now, uh, retroactively pray, just pray just for the, for pray for the child <laughs> that he, uh, he has grown up, uh, <laughs> in a good way and, and knows the Lord. How about that? Um, thank you. All right. So lastly, uh, just talk a little bit about story predictions, what you're expecting for this next part of the book, um, or what you hope to see or, something you're looking forward to or, you know, anything like that. Um, I don't know. I think for me, just looking forward to getting more of the backstory of, uh, Thorfinn and his kind of journey and particularly just seeing how his father died. And if I'm interested to see like, if his vengeance, his desire for revenge is justified. If it was like a like just a cold blood murder, or if it was like in war, or like what the situation was that caused his father to be killed. Um, So I'm just interested to see how that story plays out, and uh, yeah, definitely interested to see how his vengeance plays out, and if he's gonna get that uh, satisfaction, and if that will actually will that make him whole again as a person or will he have some new some new thing he has to fill that hole with so just looking forward to that um and yeah just i love viking stuff so just seeing some viking battles and all that kind of stuff will be a lot of fun so um i don't know, do you have anything you're looking forward to or you want to see happen in the story so yeah
1: with predictions you know the known event is that um and, and we don't know. I, I feel like Askeladd is going to be the person who kills, um, Thors, but it also could just be in a situation where Askeladd was, like, in charge of a group of people who ended up killing Thors. Right. So, I mean, to me, that means that, like, um... And I think Thorfinn is going to witness it, um, his, okay. the death of his father. I think that's going to happen, and, um... And then we we I'd like I'm interested in to see how Thorfinn became such a force of nature when it comes to like being fast and superhuman and right like, like all who this trained stuff. Him. Yeah, like I kind of almost imagine like what if um, he becomes the ward of Askalad like Askalad like kills the dad then he feels bad about it and he's like there's this kid and then like right. Uh, like is it like he takes him on like as a ward like right then and there and he's just like brought up next to his father's killer like side by side or, and right. like he trains him or is it like he remembers his face and he goes off and gets like secret training like Arya does in Game of Thrones and then right, comes yeah. back and, and is like I'm joining your crew so that I can kill you you murdered <laughs> my father John Montoya
0: Valar yeah. <laughs> Val- <Morgulis. laughs>
1: Thank you. I'm butchering everything tonight, but that's okay. You know what? I just asked for a little grace. So, what'd you yeah, butcher? I'm interested. <laughs> Isn't that uh, what's the quote from Princess Bride? You murdered
0: my. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure about that quote. I was quoting Game of Thrones. I, yeah, Valo, see, I Valo Morgulis, where it. that's the, the phrase of the. Uh, no, I'm going to butcher it. The. Yeah, whatever. The the people who worship the many-faced god. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, nah, nah, I don't remember the, the name of the group, but that's yep. okay.
1: My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepared to die. Yeah, prepared to die. There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to
0: say. Uh, yeah. So,
1: so on these butchered quotes, we get to end the podcast,
0: Tyler. <laughs> awesome. Um, one more thing that I liked about this book is... The, in these uh, like we get these little bonus stories at the end and then we also get uh, there's a map at the end called Thorfinn's Travel so we get to see like where we were in the story geographically so I really like that I always love a good map so
1: yep me too um, the cartographer means in yeah, is happy that it's especially
0: here. The, the Lord of the Rings map chef's kiss I have to bring up Lord of the Rings at least one time on the podcast so we've yeah. done it and uh yeah just seeing like there's also a little depiction of uh, thor's home so you can kind of see like what a viking kind of home would have looked like and um yeah i mean going to newfoundland and seeing those old viking settlements that is very similar to what i saw in the museum um of what it would have looked like for the for the the vikings to what they how they would build their homes so yeah i like that um so yeah that's my my final thing um yeah definitely would recommend this if you're looking to get started into uh manga and yeah that's gonna do it uh the next episode of course is going to be uh continuing in this uh book one here so we'll be reading chapters six through 16 which is volume two of Vinland saga and Remember to check us out on our website, pages of and also on our social media platforms. Uh, check out on YouTube to see the video version of the podcast. If you're audio only right now and go over subscribe over there and also leave us a review on Apple podcast. If you want to support us, so more people can uh, discover the content and uh, enjoy the discussion that we uh, have here twice a month or however many times this comes out um yeah any last thoughts gabe uh
1: nope just looking forward to uh our discussion on the second half of this book
0: awesome uh hope you guys had a happy new year slash merry christmas at the time of recording i it's not christmas yet so i have my christmas lights up being very festive so Uh, hope you had a good holiday and a happy new year. And, uh, I'm looking forward to all of the new podcasts up in 2023. So hope you will join us for the year and, uh, yeah. Awesome. Remember to keep reading and to share the gospel with somebody this week and we will see you guys in the next episode. See ya. Bye.